0: I don't want to say this raid is meant to distract from his other problems, but it's called Operation Desert Stormy. (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's one reason. I got the feeling there's something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs to the left jokers to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you yep yes i'm stuck in from the pacifica radio in los angeles this is the broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7 it's fm so in la 98.7 fm in santa barbara 93.7 7 fm in san diego 99.5 in ridgecrest in china lake california We're also heard up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, in Cottage Grove on KSO, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's uh, KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for your convenience on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, amongst others, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow just trying to keep up with it all today, as ever, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. A lot of news is breaking even as we go to air, as usual. The L.A. Times notes today... That ABC's interview with former FBI Director James James Comey is dominating political conversation, even as congressional reaction to the attack in Syria might ordinarily have been the biggest story of the day. The president declared mission accomplished on Twitter over the weekend. Yes, really, he did. The echo of George W. Bush's ill-considered speech on a warship standing in front of a huge Mission accomplished banner back in 2003, after what became our uh, disastrous invasion of Iraq, notwithstanding. Uh, but there are larger concerns about whether Donald Trump had the proper authority to launch the th- the uh, surgical strike in response to the use of chemical weapons, says the L.A. Times, which seems today, which seems to be about three or four news cycles behind where we already are at this point, the uh, even talking about uh, James Comey at this point today would would uh, would be nice. But no, we're not going to do that here um, because I do want to talk about Syria and I do want to talk about the lack of actual evidence as Defense Secretary Jim Mattis conceded in uh, congressional testimony just 24 hours or so before the U.S., with the help of France and Britain, rained hell down, hellfire down on three targets in Damascus with more than 100 targeted cruise missiles. But uh, I'm sure many of you would like to discuss uh, the Comey interview and the Russia probe and Stormy Daniels and the noose that is tightening around Donald Trump and Michael Cohen. Because we learned, among other things, this afternoon, just within the past hour or so uh, from federal court proceedings, uh, that Fox News's Sean Hannity is, as it turns out, a secret client of Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's personal friend, uh, business uh, uh, friend and uh, personal attorney, business partner and so forth, Sean Hannity, for some reason was also using Michael Michael Cohen's legal services. So I'm happy to discuss all of those things uh, or anything else if you'd like to. Uh, to that end, I'll open the phone lines in a little bit at 818-985-5735. That's not the only story that was breaking out of that courtroom today. Uh, Just minutes ago, President Trump, uh, his appeal, along with Michael Cohen, to try to uh, protect those documents that were taken from uh, Michael Cohen's offices uh, and uh, personal residences one week ago on Monday. Well, a federal judge has rejected a request by uh, Trump and Cohen and their lawyers. Uh, They wanted to review the files first, the files that were seized in that FBI raid uh, before the prosecutors get the chance to uh, look at those documents. Well, the federal judge has now the same one who disclosed that Sean Hannity was one of the clients of Michael Cohn. That same judge on Monday, uh, Kimba Wood, has uh, rejected the attempt by Trump and Cohn to block prosecutors in Manhattan from immediately reviewing the, the trove of materials that were seized by the FBI last week. So um, not good news for Donald Trump or Michael Cohen at this point. And like I say, if you want to talk about any of that stuff, I'm open to it. But there's a couple of things that I do want to talk about because I know they are already getting lost in, uh, in all of the uh, Donald Trump madness. Sem Dem over at Daily Coast noted uh, on Sunday that thousands of American children have been poisoned. The headline breaking poison attack on thousands of Americans. Thankfully, uh, he writes, I think it's a he, uh, the U.S. wasted no time in responding. And oh, wait, my bad, he says, that poisoning was only in Flint, Michigan. Whereas The Guardian noted when the flint lead water contaminating, uh, contamination crisis f- uh, first fully came to light a year or two ago, all, quote, all of Flint's 8,657 children under the age of six should be considered exposed, according to a citywide public health directive issued at the time. Semdem says it wasn't Syrian President Bashar al-Assad who did it or even Russian President Vladimir Putin, yes, it was us who poisoned all of those children in Flint, Michigan. In fact, it was Michigan's Republican governor, Rick Snyder, who became governor in 2010. His administration placed the city under emergency management back in 2011 and forced the city to use contaminated, filthy river uh, water for the drinking supply in Flint. And for 18 months, the Snyder administration ignored all signs that the water was contaminated, and the crisis, yes, is still going on today. Interesting, isn't it, Desi Doyen, that oh, we are? Uh, oh yes. We react the way we react. We will bomb another country if they, if we think, if there is some evidence that we see on the TV set.
1: Upsetting photos, yes, they are very compelling, unless they're of children in Flint, Michigan.
0: Yeah. That doesn't seem to matter so much. Hi, Des, by Hi. the way. I didn't get to say hello well, to our producer. And remember, Desi. we reported
1: yeah. on a recent Green News report that yep. now Michigan Governor Rick Snyder has stopped the bottled water deliveries that were free to Flint residents because he says, you know, it's tested above the EPA limit. It says, I'm sorry, it's tested below the EPA limits for lead in the water right now. But the New York Times has reported that, hey, you know, sure, at the testing sites, but they haven't replaced all of the lead service lines in Flint, Michigan yet. That would cost about $60 million or so. They haven't done that yet, and so the water can still pick up lead as it's traveling through the system. Mind you, we just spent about $250 million, is it? $220 yep. million or so on Syria?
0: Yep. In one night. In I mean, one, to bomb Syria? To, in one, right. In one bombing. Uh, and we could have taken care of uh, all of Flint's problems with like a half of what it cost to bomb Syria. But, you know, priorities. Uh, Sem Dam notes that it was, uh, yes, a greedy Republican who poisoned the poverty-stricken city of Flint. So the hell with him. Although he used saltier language than that, our media has already forgotten. We've moved on to other outrages. Meanwhile, thousands of homes in in Flint are still dependent on bottled water, even as the state, as Desi Doyen says, uh, said they're going to be cutting off the bottled water delivery to those homes. And worse, the results of the multi-year poisoning are now coming in. Lead, of course, causes irreversible damage to the developing brains of uh, children who are five years old and under. And uh, as Sem Dem notes, uh, citing an article in the Detroit Free Press, our worst fears are now being realized. Detroit Free Press uh, reported just a a few weeks ago that third grade reading proficiency dropped from 41.5% in 2014. Down to 18.5% in 2015. That would be a 45% drop in the first year after the poisoning. Now, to be fair, that did come after there was a change in the uh, in the standard testing that was the standards testing that was used in the state of Michigan in 2015. But the paper notes last year's proficiency measured was even lower, 10.7%. So we have now dropped uh, another almost nine points since uh, 2015 when it comes to reading proficiency among third graders in the city of Flint. So, uh, hey, sorry about that, kids. We've got other things to do, like bomb Syria, apparently. That appears to be a priority for this country. You know, America first. As, the, as uh, Kathleen Decker at the L.A. Times points out today, when President Obama considered launching airstrikes against Syria in August of 2013 in retaliation for an alleged nerve gas attack at the time, said to have killed hundreds of people, businessman, then businessman Donald Trump strongly opposed the U.S. intervention. He tweeted at the time, we should stay the hell out of Syria. He later added, The president must get congressional approval before attacking Syria. Big mistake if he does not. Trump went on to tweet again in August of 2013, quote, What will we get for bombing Syria besides more debt and possible long-term conflict? Obama needs congressional approval. That was, of course, then before Donald Trump somehow managed to become president of the United States, Obama never did order that attack back in 2013. And as one of his top advisors, Ben Rhodes, pointed out late last year, it was in no small part because the administration feared that they would be impeached by Congress if they did so, if they bombed Syria without constitutional authorization. But now, of course, Donald Trump is president he has now ordered missile strikes twice against Syria, once last April and again on Friday night, without any suggestion that he needs congressional approval for such an action. Many many lawmakers on Capitol Hill seem content to leave it that way. The L.A. Times reports House Speaker Paul Ryan praised the, quote, decisive action taken by the U.S., Britain and France against Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. Now, in its eighth year, the multi-sided war has pulled in a half a dozen nations, including Russia, and it has scrambled partisan battle lines in Washington. No evidence was presented for the claims uh, made after this pre-dawn attack on Saturday that uh, the Pentagon um, had bombed three sites that were used to research, produce or stockpile chemical agents. They gave no evidence to back up those claims, nor did the Department of Defense have actual evidence to support their claims of of a chemical attack in the Damascus suburb of Duma, that they uh, were saying that they are responding to that happened one week earlier. Secretary of Defense James Mattis admitted as much just the day before the bombing during congressional testimony. Nonetheless, some Republicans and more Democrats demanded that Trump seek authority for future missile strikes from Congress. I guess under the Fool Us Twice uh, principle. Uh, Under the Constitution and the 1973 War Powers Resolution, approval from Congress is uh, required for military action. Congress, however, last officially declared war back in 1941. Since then, it's used resolutions to approve the use of military force rather than declaring war. Or they haven't. And the president just does it anyway. Obama, as I noted, canceled his planned airstrikes in 2013 because of congressional leaders. Uh, They refused to even call a vote to, uh, to authorize the use of force at the president's request at the time. The largest group of lawmakers offered tentative approval for the airstrike, After it happened, of course, mixed with caution, according to The Times, as they watch to see whether Trump launches a follow-up attack or if the military response leads to further turmoil in the Middle East. While Trump said in his remarks to the nation on Friday night after the bombing began that this would be a first step in a sustained effort to punish Syria for its alleged use of chemical weapons, and against their allies, Russia and Iran, for partnering, partnering with them in the process. But moments later, speaking at a press conference at the Pentagon, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Joseph Dunford said that the strike on Friday night was a one-time, quote, one-time shot. So take your pick who you'd like to believe when it comes to the U.S. strategy here, as if there was one. You can believe the president that it's a a sustained effort. You can believe the generals that it was a one time shot. Senator Pat Toomey, Republican from Pennsylvania, said he hopes the attack will end Assad's chemical weapons program and, quote, dissuade him from ever pursuing them again. Senator John McCain, a Republican of Arizona, he chairs the Senate Armed Services Committee. He suggested that the White House needs to explain where it intends to go next, arguing on Twitter that we need a comprehensive strategy for Syria and for the entire region. Hawkish Republicans favored the aggressive pushback against Assad, but so did some Democrats who applauded the airstrikes as a way to stop the horrors of chemical weapons. But it also created another group of strange bedfellows, liberals and conservatives, both upset that Trump neglected to consult Congress. Congresswoman Barbara Lee out here of California, one of the most progressive members of the House, said, quote, President Trump's decision to launch military strikes against the Syrian regime without congressional input or authorization shows a contempt for the U.S. Constitution and is without legal justification. She's right, as I'll talk about in a bit. She said, I fully support all international accountability mechanisms to prosecute these war crimes and to negotiate a political solution to the war in Syria. But as we've seen over the last 16 years, we cannot bomb our way to peace. But that won't stop us from trying. Congressman Justin Amash, Republican from Michigan. Criticized, uh, he's uh, yeah Republican. Uh, he criticized congressional leaders for not demanding that Trump seek approval from Congress. He said, "quote These offensive strikes against Syria are unconstitutional, are illegal, and reckless." He tweeted that after a total of 88 members of Congress from both parties wrote to Donald Trump on Friday. 88 members—that's actually a uh, kind of a gobsmacking amount. Uh, given uh, the way Congress has generally rolled over for presidents to do whatever they want militarily. But 88 members of Congress from both parties wrote to Trump on Friday before the unauthorized, unlawful, and impeachable bombings of a sovereign nation in order to urge him to consult with legislators before taking action to do otherwise, the letter said violated the separation of powers outlined by the Constitution. Remember that? The old Constitution. Republicans used to care about it. Democrats still claim they care about it. Nonetheless, neither House Speaker Paul Ryan nor Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, the Republican majority leaders in the House and Senate, demanded that, uh, that Trump seek congressional approval before further action in Syria. Senate uh, House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco said one night of airstrikes is not a substitute for a clear, comprehensive Syria strategy. She said that Trump must secure congressional authority by outlining, quote, clear objectives that keep our military safe and avoid collateral damage to innocent civilians. Though she failed apparently to demand any accountability for Trump now that he has already bombed Syria twice with no authority whatsoever. Congressman Adam Schiff, uh, also from uh, California, uh, said that lawmakers uh, bear some of the blame here, noting that Congress has willingly abdicated its role in approving or disproving military action. He says that must change the risk of escalation with any military action in a country in which Russia, Iran and Turkey have deployed troops and proxies is far too great to leave to any executive Acting on their own. Well, good for Adam Schiff. I did not hear uh, him calling for uh, accountability for impeachment for Donald Trump violating the Constitution, but they never do, do they? Despite Trump's mission accomplished declaration on Saturday following the U.S. led missile attack on Syria, the Pentagon said the pummeling of three chemical related facilities left enough others intact to enable the Assad government to use banned weapons against civilians again in the future if it chooses. That, according to AP. Trump had tweeted after the, uh, the uh, warplanes from U.S., France, and Britain... Uh, Launched more than 100 missiles, nearly unopposed by Syrian air defenses. Trump tweeted a perfectly executed strike could not have had a better result. Mission accomplished. Well, one result might have been that there would be it would be impossible for Syria to use these so-called banned weapons if, in fact, they used them in the first place which we still have no actual evidence for. Russia and Iran called the use of force by the U.S. and its allies a, quote, military crime, an act of aggression. The U.N. Security Council met to debate the strikes but rejected a Russian resolution calling for condemnation of the aggression by the three Western allies, Syria's Bashar Assad denies that he has used chemical weapons, and the Trump administration has yet to present any hard evidence of what it says precipitated the Allied missile attack, according to AP. Although U.S. officials said the singular attack was Assad's uh, chemical weapons capability, Uh, His Air Force, the the reason they gave was because of his chemical weapons capabilities. Nonetheless, his Air Force, including his helicopters that allegedly were used to drop the chemical weapons on civilians, they were spared in the attack. In a U.S. military action a year ago in response to an alleged sarin gas attack at the time, the Pentagon said missiles took out nearly 20 percent of the Syrian Air Force number which is highly disputed by just about everybody. But never mind for a moment, uh, never mind the legal authority, whether there is any to bomb a sovereign nation, before this t- debate such that there is one at all on this matter, before it disappears into the fog of political machinations uh, over the nonstop investigations and revelations of a Trump administration now teetering at the precipice of of full collapse amid Robert Mueller's special counsel probe and the related legal and political scandals from Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen to the daily drumbeat of evidence of massive corruption by the Trump administration and its executive agencies before this entire matter disappears into all of that. And it will. And frankly, to no small extent today, just days later, it already has. Everyone is already moving on. Uh, but before that happens, I just want to stop and, and re-up a few of the points that I was trying to make on last Thursday's broadcast. Before we bombed a country in in response to their alleged use of chemical weapons, despite having any actual evidence that they did so, on Thursday, that Thursday, just 24 hours before the attack on Syria on Friday night, Donald Trump's Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis, was asked about... Uh, about the point uh, of of an attack, why the attack would happen at all, and the evidence that the alleged chemical attack even occurred. And that it was carried out by Syria, who we were talking about bombing at the time as opposed to being carried out for someone else. For example, the rebels who have now all but been crushed by Syria in their years-long uprising— So in his response to Democratic Congresswoman Nikki Tsongas—we played a portion of this uh, last Thursday—Nikki Tsongas from uh, Massachusetts, the Defense Secretary Mattis admitted that the Pentagon had no actual evidence that Syria used banned chemical weapons.
2: Uh, there have been a number of these attacks. In many cases, you know, we don't have troops. We're not engaged on, in the ground, on the ground there. So I cannot tell you that we had evidence, even though we certainly had a lot of media and social media indicators that either chlorine or sarin were used. Uh, as far as our current situation, if, like last time, we decide we have to take military action in regard to this chemical weapons attack, Then like last time, we will be reporting to Congress just as we did when we fired uh, a little over a year ago, slightly over a year ago.
0: So he can't say that he has any evidence that they did it. But if they decide to bomb, we'll we'll let you know afterwards uh, as to why. Again, that was just one day. That was about 24 hours before the U.S. attacked Syria in supposed retaliation for their use of chemical weapons on their own people, not on us, not on U.S. troops, but on their own people if it happened. In that same hearing, Mattis reiterated the uh, Pentagon's lack of evidence, noting that the International Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, the OPCW, had yet to even have their inspectors on the ground. In Syria, as of Thursday,
2: I believe there was a chemical attack, and we're looking for the actual evidence. the uh, the OPCW, this is the Organization for the uh, Chemical uh, Weapons Convention. We're trying to get those inspectors in probably uh, within the week. You know the challenges we face where Russia has six times in the UN uh, rejected and uh, made certain, that uh, we could not get uh, in- investigators in, we will not know from this investigating team that goes in, if we get them in, if the regime will let them in, we will not know who did
0: it. They can only say that they found
2: evidence or did
0: not. So. We don't have people on the ground. We're not in Douma where this attack occurred. We don't have any actual evidence that it occurred at all. And if once we get someone in there from an international body, even if they identify that uh, some sort of chemicals were used, we won't know who actually did it. That was on Thursday to Congress before just going ahead and bombing Syria on Friday night. But by Friday night... And the OPCW inspectors, they were not even in Syria at that point, much less Duma. They didn't get there until Saturday. So on Friday night, Mattis was again asked at a joint press conference uh, following the bombings with uh, the Joint Chiefs uh, of Staff uh, Chairman General uh, 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 Joe Dunford, Mattis was asked about the evidence for the type of chemical weapons that were used that Mattis was now claiming that Syria had used in the Duma attack a week earlier.
3: Uh, Mr. Secretary, it was just a couple of days ago that you said you're still assessing the intelligence on the chemical weapons attack, suspected attack. So at this point, do you know what the chemical was used in that attack? Was it sarin? Was it chlorine? And also, what is your evidence it was actually delivered by the Syrian regime?
2: let say the last part again Tom what's your evidence it was delivered by the Syrian regime are you quite clear it was I, I am confident the Syrian regime conducted a chemical attack on innocent people uh, in in this last, uh, last week yes absolutely confident of it and uh, we have the intelligence level of confidence that we needed to conduct the attack as far as the actual chemical used do you know what it was was it nerve agent was it chlorine do you have a sense of what it was Uh, We are very much aware of one of the agents. There may have been more than one agent used. We are not clear on that yet. We know at least one
0: chemical agent was used. So that that was Friday night. Just one day after that same guy, Secretary of Defense Mattis, uh, said that we, we just don't have any evidence, we're hoping to get someone in the ground in a few days, maybe they'll find out if there is uh, the actual evidence. Of course, at the, even if they do, we won't know who did it. And now he's saying, just 24 hours later, yes, I'm confident in the evidence that we have and in the chemicals that were, that were used. No evidence for that, none whatsoever. When Mattis was pressed again on the specific type of chemicals said to have been used, uh, he said, uh, we are very confident about chlorine. He said, we are not certain about sarin as of now. But chlorine, by the way, is not a nerve agent. And chlorine attacks have happened in Syria reportedly dozens and dozens of times over the past year and over the past several years and in the course of their years-long civil war. But that is not what was supposed to be the bar for an attack, that's not a uh, chlorine is not uh, considered a nerve agent like sarin, which was previously said to have been a, 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 the red line for an attack on Syria. So the administration has no evidence, no matter what they say, no matter what they say, tell you in Congress from Republicans and Democrats, no matter what the president of the United States says, no matter what the head of his military say. They have no evidence for what they did on Friday night, Saturday morning in Damascus. We also don't know who launched any of the attacks, if in fact they occurred, as they have been uh, reported by our Secretary of Defense. On Saturday, after the bombings by the U.S. and its allies, the OPCW team were finally in Syria, But they were not yet allowed into Duma, where the uh, chemical attack supposedly occurred. And as of today, days later now, AP reports that the director general of the OPCW said on Monday that the organization's team, quote, has not yet deployed to Duma. That several days after finally arriving in Syria, they have not gone into Duma at all themselves. He said Syria and Russian officials who met the OPCW team in Damascus, told them, quote, that there were still pending security issues to be worked out before any deployment could take place. So that's right. No chemical uh, weapons inspectors are even there. Yet three days now after we bombed in response to Syria's alleged use of chemical weapons with no legal authority to do so whatsoever, either in the U.S. or according to international law. There are still no actual inspectors on the ground. Syria and Russia seem to be uh, preventing them from going in. They may have good reason to do so. Perhaps they will be busted. I don't know. You don't know. James Dunford doesn't know. Uh, Joe Dunford doesn't know. James Mattis doesn't know. Donald Trump doesn't know. Nobody in Congress knows. And yet we unleashed hellfire Against uh, this uh, this country for one hundred million, two hundred million dollars. Who knows? Who cares? Well, the kids in Flint were poisoned by our own people and we are doing nothing. So all of this is going to disappear. It already has into the Trump scandal madness. Uh, but I think it's important to get it out there that we have no evidence because I I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I'm one of the few people talking about it. You know, as is uh, also it's important to get the fact out there that there is no legal authority for this strike. None. Not domestically, not internationally. It is completely unlawful. And had Barack Obama done it, we would be talking about impeachment right now of the president of the United States. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and discuss the legal authority arguments Or the lack thereof. And your calls on this or anything else on your mind today, 818 985 5735 is our phone number, 818 985 KPFK. And by the way, if you disagree with me on any of this, and if you think that the U.S. did the right thing by attacking Syria, I would love to hear from you as to why and what it is that I might be missing. 818 985 5735. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your broadcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. <music> Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. You can also tweet me if you like. I'll try to keep my eyes on the Twitters at the TheBradBlog. Let's go to Freddie in L.A. Hey, Freddie, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. What's on your mind?
4: Um, well, I just want to thank you for covering this. Um, I think you've laid it out clearly. Um, I wish that more people would do that. Um... I've I've uh, been frustrated with uh, some of the other programs I've heard even on even on this station. I don't listen to uh you know I don't really listen to CNN. Uh, watch CNN mm-hmm. or, or corporate um corporate television or radio. So uh, I go to alternative sources. um KPFK is one of them, but honestly, I have been really disappointed with some of the shows that are almost cheerleading um uh, it's just getting really weird, like this whole <laughs> russia thing it's and and um you know <sighs> um it's clearly an- Ill- illegal war it is a war, but all our wars, as you said since um World War two have been illegal um we're in permanent state of permanent war, and um i don't see how anybody can support this and it's not like anybody's saying Assad is a great guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody saying that. He's a thug. We know that. But the thing is, the U.S. supports thugs all over the place.
0: And this isn't. It's it's about, uh, you know, the rule of law. It's about law and order. It's about the Constitution. It's about our international agreements. None of what is going on is legal under any of those standards. Thanks, Freddie. I appreciate uh, the call and your thoughts on this. Uh, Senator Minority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer said on Friday... Uh, that uh, Donald Trump's decision to mount a military strike on Syria was, quote, appropriate, is the Democratic Senate minority leader. Nonetheless, he warned against deepening the U.S. involvement in the war-torn country. He said, quote, a pinpointed limited action to punish and hopefully deter Assad from doing this again is appropriate But the administration has to be careful about not getting us into a greater and more involved war in Syria, Schumer said in a statement. Well, that's very courageous, Senator. Uh, I'll get to uh, the—I'll try to get to the legal authorities here in a moment, but I want to get to some of your thoughts on this as well, because I'm just amazed how little this is being uh, discussed. And like I said, if Barack Obama had done this, we would be talking about impeachment today. There would be hearings— in a Republican-led U.S. House talking about impeachment. Don in Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
5: Yeah, Brad, I think that this um, that this uh, situation's all made up. and it's, I think it's part of an orchestrated provocation by all these Western powers that uh, may tie in with the Scripple case as well, because the latest uh, news about this is that a very respected Swiss agency a uh, connection with the government there, uh finally got a hold of the substance that poisoned that uh, father-daughter combo mm-hmm. there in, in England, and found out that it wasn't polonium, and it wasn't a nerve agent. It was something called BK, which is uh, a hallucinogenic that is designed to cripple you, but not to kill you.
0: Well, it was supposed to be called... Uh, I don't think anyone ever said it was polonium. It was uh, something called Novichok. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah
5: Floating things around, but it turned yeah. out to be this thing called BK. I think mean, that might be another alternative name for it, yeah. but... It doesn't kill you, but it does put you in a coma, which would silence the two of them so they couldn't say anything while the British American. And Israeli government, whoever else is behind this, orchestrates a pet to pick a fight with Russia. And this thing could be just part of the whole campaign, and it all failed.
0: Well, it, you know what? It could be. I, I, I'm, I'm no more inclined to say that it was, uh, without any, any evidence to support that, than I am to say that uh, you know Syria used chemical weapons on its own people without actual evidence to support that. You can make whatever claims you want. You can come on. On radio, on talk radio, you can go on TV, you can make whatever claims you want. But when we're talking about launching a war, it seems to me the standards ought to be a hell of a lot higher.
5: Well, you yeah. remember what happened in 2013 when uh, uh, Kerry made this gaffe and said if, uh, if, if uh, Assad would put away his uh, weapons, uh, chemical weapons program, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to invade. And so, But Putin stepped in and said, well, I can uh, get him to do that, and he talked to him. And and he we did exactly that. In fact, it was under Pentagon auspices that he destroyed all of his chemical weapons. I don't it know that, that up either.
0: Yeah, I don't know that it was under. Uh, you're talking no, about, a, the, you're, talking about Assad or Iraq? <laughs> you're talking about Assad or Iraq. Talking about Assad or Iraq, Don. Assad. Assad. Yeah, uh, I don't. It wasn't. I don't think it was under Pentagon auspices, but I think the UN did confirm that they could find no other uh, chemical weapons beyond the ones that were uh, taken out of the country by uh, Russia. Thanks, Don. I, I I appreciate the call. Let me just uh, clarify here, because uh, setting aside the evidence argument for the moment, let me talk about the authority argument for uh, a moment here. Trump, in his statement after the bombing, uh, said that he ordered the uh, these uh, so-called precision strikes on targets that are associated with the chemical weapons capability of Bashar Assad. He said the purpose of our actions is to establish a strong deterrent against the production spread and use of chemical weapons. But as at Lawfare, which is not exactly a lefty blog, by the way, Jack Goldsmith, who was uh, the uh, former George W. Bush attorney, led his Office of Legal Counsel, and Una Hathaway, a former uh, clerk to Sandra Day O'Connor, so these are not lefties, they argue there is no apparent domestic or international legal authority for these strikes whatsoever. They then go through all of the potential legal authorities that could be used uh, by the Trump government, including the 2001 Authorization for the Use of Military Force, the AUMF, Um, This was uh, issued after 9-11. Speaker uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan said on Thursday before the attack happened that the existing AUMF authorizes Trump to launch strikes against Syria in response to the use of chemical weapons there. This is the Speaker of the U.S. House. He was, we think, referring to the 2001 AUMF, the one right after 9-11, And Goldsmith and Hathaway say this is an absurd position. The statute, the 2001 AUMF, authorizes the president to use force against, quote, nations, organizations, or persons with a link to the 9-11 attack, for example, al-Qaeda or the Taliban. Since 9-11, they note presidents and courts have agreed that the AUMF extends to associated forces, forces associated with al-Qaeda or the Taliban, And both uh, Obama and Trump have occasionally uh, stretched it even further to claim that they can use it to attack the Islamic State or ISIS. But, Goldsmith and Hathaway note, even if one acknowledges the legitimacy of those extended interpretations of the statute, it it would still not authorize the use of force in Syria against Syrian forces. You might be able to use it against al-Qaeda and ISIS in Syria, but they say it cannot plausibly be construed to authorize force in Syria against Syrian forces in response to the chemical weapons attacks. They weren't. Syria was not involved in 9-11 in any way. It's not associated uh, with, with any of these uh, forces that are named, any entity covered by the AUMF. As a matter of fact, Syria is fighting against those uh, associated forces. Then there was a the one in two thousand and two, uh, another AUMF which authorizes strikes. Perhaps Ryan was talking about that one, but that one specifically—that uh, one specifically states that it was uh, only authorizes the U.S. Uh, d- d- to do uh, use of uh, force in the continuing threat posed by Iraq. So that has nothing to do with Syria. They note, uh, Lawfare notes, that even if one accepts this argument, it's not relevant to the strikes in Syria. Trump made clear that the strike was in retaliation against Assad for the use of chemical weapons against his own people, so it had nothing to do with with Syria. The administration's position uh, is that they do not believe that either the 2001 or 2002 authorization for the use of military force is the domestic legal auth- authorization for their strikes. James Mattis talked about it. He said Article 2 alone, Article 2 of the US Constitution was more than enough to give them the the authorization they needed uh, for the use of force. Author- uh, Article 2 says nothing more essentially than uh, Donald Trump than the president of the United States is in charge of the military. That's it. And so they're claiming that oh we needed to do this because Uh, Though he didn't use chemical weapons against us, we have about 2,000 troops on the ground in the U.S. Though he didn't use the chemical weapons on us, he could any time. Therefore, this is an imminent threat. Therefore, the president has the right to launch attacks on Syria. Are you kidding me? Apparently not. That seems to be the argument that this administration is making. I've got uh, audio of, of James Mattis making that argument both on Thursday when he was speaking to the House and then again after uh, on the press conference on Friday. But I'd rather get to some of your calls on this instead. Uh, there's also no international authority for this either. But let's hear what you have to say. Let's go to Lola in Burbank. Hey, Lola, welcome to the broadcast.
5: Hey, Brad, I just want to tell you that I love your show. Thank you. And I wish more people would listen because it's a great insight. Because honestly, I am so tired of people telling me that Assad is a bad guy and we need to save the Syrian children, but they don't feel the same way about the Yemeni kids that are being killed with the weapons that we're selling to Saudi Arabia and how the Assad family is so great because they're not, or about the Palestinians that are constantly being imprisoned and killed Under the Israeli government, and we don't say anything to them. The Rohingya Muslims, we don't say anything about that situation. We pick and choose. Yes, we do. I'm tired of it, and I don't understand why nobody will get to the
4: facts.
0: Well, which is, and the truth. Yeah, well, that's what we're trying to do here, uh, Lola. And I hear you. And I agree. Yeah, apparently uh, some kids are more important than others. So uh, the Syrian kids are much more important than the Yemeni kids, more important than the Palestinian kids, and more important, as I said at the top of the show, apparently than the kids from Flint, Michigan. Thanks, Lola. I appreciate the call. Get out of traffic. So uh, it sounds like you're pretty close to the road there. Let me go to uh, Jan in uh, West Hills. Uh, hey, Jan, welcome to the broadcast.
1: Hi there. I celebrate alternative media. Uh, one thing, I was on Global Research this morning. Yeah. They said all the chemical agents were taken out of Syria in 2013. That was the last date. And the, the footage they showed of them hosing down children, was totally false because if there had been any chemical weapon outbreak there, the people cleaning them up would have been fully uh, suited and masked against the chemical weapon- weapons themselves. Right. So, this is how, just a farce. That well, we're supposed
0: to believe in, I, you know, I don't know if it's far, of course, anybody can say anything on uh, at global research or any website, but evidence that we can actually verify that we can actually look at before we start uh, dropping bombs. That to me seems like it would be a a really good idea, and somebody ought to demand it. So it, since nobody else seems to, I guess that falls to me. Thanks, Jan. I appreciate that call. Let me take a quick break. Uh, if you're hanging on the line, I'll try to get right back to your calls after this. Let's get to a break. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast.
1: bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks.
4: Yeah,
0: did you happen to see that video that Josh Marshall made over the weekend uh, showing Michael, uh, Donald Trump's Lawyer and friend and business associate, uh, uh, Michael Cohen, walking down the streets of New York under the uh, theme song to The Sopranos. It's kind of perfect. Uh, Check it out. Uh, A lawyer uh, for—get back to your calls in a moment. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Phone number is 818-985-5735. A lawyer for Michael Cohen said in court on Monday, federal court, that one of Michael Cohen's clients was— Sean Hannity, the Fox News personality and uh, Donald Trump's loudest defender on the uh, Fox quote unquote news channel. Lawyers for Cohn, the president's longtime personal lawyer and fixer, had sought to keep the identity of some of Cohn's clients a secret in a court challenge. Of the FBI search of Cone's office last week. But after several minutes of back and forth between the government and Cone's lawyer, the judge, federal judge Kimba Wood, ordered that Cone's lawyer disclose in open court the name of a client in question who turned out to be Sean Hannity. Cohen uh, has admitted to paying off uh, porn star Stormy Daniels some $130,000 just days before the 2016 presidential election to keep her quiet about her affair with Donald Trump. We also learned on Friday that Cohen had another client, a man by the name of Elliot Broidy, a wealthy GOP donor and the deputy financial chair for the RNC. On Friday, Cohn was revealed to have uh, uh, helped Broidy with a payoff to a Playboy playmate with whom Broidy was having an affair and uh, had reportedly pregnated before, impregnated before the pregnancy was terminated, reportedly. Uh, the payoff to her to, be, to keep quiet by Broidy was some $1.6 million. That was Cohn's, Michael Cohn's second client, and now we learn that Cohn had a third client who his attorneys were trying really hard to prevent from being exposed following the raid last week on Michael Cohen's office. That third client, Sean Hannity. Why was uh, Cohen serving as Hannity's attorney? That we don't yet know, but AP is reporting that Hannity says it's no big deal. He consulted with Donald Trump's personal lawyers about his own legal affairs. Uh, On Monday, as the news broke, Hannity said he had, quote, brief discussions with Michael Cohn about, quote, legal questions where I wanted his input and perspective. But he said he never retained Cohn, quote, in any traditional sense, never paid him, never got billed for a legal fee. You know, Sean Hannity has been uh, complaining about conflicts of interest by uh, those investigating Donald Trump. He's been one of the loudest folks on on, uh, Fox News complaining about it. And yet he had his own conflicts of interest in protecting Donald Trump's business partner and associate and apparently now Sean uh, Sean Hannity's own, own attorney, Michael Cohen. Yet hannity failed to disclose that go figure let me uh, get to some quick calls here uh, Tariq in los angeles welcome to the broadcast, sir
5: yes brad man
3: i'm telling you man we're picking here john Tilger on T- youtube tells us straight up that we're in world war three whether you like it or not this is a uh, the follow-up of the bankrupt united states of 1933 controlled by the military borrowing money Every year for the last hundred years, we have a deficit of trillions beyond trillions. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that this country can do is fight war for the banksters.
0: Thanks, Tara. So ones, thanks, you know? Ter- yeah. Well, I, I hear you. I appreciate the call, uh, Tariq. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, let me go to uh, Juliana in uh, Culver City. Hey, Juliana, welcome to the broadcast.
1: Uh, yes, thank you. Oh, gosh, Trump, the orange menace, is at it again with your recent news. But back to Syria, I think uh, it's related to Israel. And last night, while writing much of what you've said on the uh, or the, over the airwaves, <clears throat> I looked up the neocon agenda. And yes, it was written some years ago, but it's still going strong, or I should say, it's revived with John Bolton there, yeah. and uh, it, it's about Israel, the, the issue, Israel and Palestine, and Israel preventing Iran and Syria from preventing Israel from expanding. That's my view.
0: Mm. Okay, thanks. Your, your
1: opinion would be appreciated on that. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I you know, I think if uh, where Israel is involved here, it has to do with uh, Israel's own... Uh, Hatred of Iran, hatred of Syria. I don't think uh, at least what happened on Friday night was directly about Israel. Israel has on their own been attacking Syria with no consequences to Israel whatsoever. They have been uh, doing their own bombing runs on Syria. They don't necessarily need us to do it. So I don't know, but I appreciate the thought. Let's go to Paul in L.A. Hey, Paul, welcome to the broadcast.
3: Hi, um I, I was just wondering um wasn't the last uh, gas attack um determined to be um uh brought by the Saudis wasn't that wasn't that um uh,
0: the, the actual um uh, gas weapons uh brought in by the Saudis in in Syria? Yeah. Not to my knowledge. Oh. I, I mean if, also the yeah. uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say if if it was, I've heard absolutely nothing about that
3: okay um also um i was curious about uh uh they they they're just writing into law whatever laws they that they feel they need you know i mean like like the uh for example the national defense authorization act you mm-hmm. know they they have the quote legal authority to um do whatever they want uh, regardless of habeas corpus or the magna carta um um or or you know uh, uh, um uh, proven uh Uh, guilt or anything, you know, I mean, they're just like, okay, we can legally, you know, disappear Americans now, uh, you know. Well, yeah, but you know what,
0: Paul, at least in the case of the uh, NDAA you're talking about, uh, at least they bothered to write the law and to have it signed by the president. And you can hate that law and you can uh, vote out uh, Congress that passed it and the president that signed it. But at least there's a law. At least there was a debate. They're not even having a debate on this. There's no authorization whatsoever to go to war in Iraq. I'm sorry. Uh, oops. Uh to go to war in, in Syria. Uh and yet they're doing it anyway.
3: Trump's idea? What's that? Do you think it was solely Trump's authority and idea? I mean,
0: no, I th- uh, Democrats and Republicans have been calling for this forever. Democrats were calling for uh, Barack Obama to do it. Re- actually, both Democrats and Republicans were calling for Barack oh, Obama God. to do it in, back in 2013. But when Barack Obama wanted to do it, you had some Republicans in the House who said, no, you can't do it without authority by Congress. So Barack Obama said, OK, Congress, here's what I would like to do. I would like to carry out these uh, strikes. I need your authority-, authority to do so. Please debate it. Vote on it and get back to me. And the Republican cowards in Congress never debated it, never voted on it, and therefore uh, Obama never took action. But uh, both Republicans wow. and Democrats alike have been uh, calling for this. And uh, that's this that's is the mess. Run. Yeah. I
3: mean, they're, they're usually they're usually the uh, the, the, the warhawks. So they, they were just doing it to spite Obama, nonetheless. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's that's kind of what it seems. Yeah. Well, the, the pretty, right president okay. is allowed to uh, bomb unlawfully, just uh, not certain presidents. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I appreciate the call. Uh, let me get to, uh, we still have time. Uh, never hate to always miss him when we don't get to him. Uh, Morris in Long Beach. Oh, Mo, did we, oh, wait, no, wrong person. Wait, I got, let me get to you. Hang on, Mo, hang on. There you go, Mo. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. How are you?
3: Fantastic, Brad. We ain't got much time. Let me read this to you real quick. This book explores some of the details of how the United States got into the business of conducting special operations after World War II. The term special operations means military services providing support to the clandestine activities of the United States government. The term is a euphemism for overthrowing governments, sabotage, murder, contrived wars, espionage, torture, and assassination. Talk about bipartisanship. There you go.
0: Thanks, Mo. I appreciate uh-huh. it. Uh, listener uh, Jose could not hold on, uh, but apparently, uh, as you say, it claimed he, uh, that claims of evidence for bombing Syria sound so much like the run-up to the Iraq war, said Jose, uh, in which similar claims were later proven to be false. This is a point that we reported on. Was it Friday? Thursday or Friday when I was trying to get folks' attention to this? Nobody wanted to talk about the fact that we might be just about to bomb A sovereign nation. And uh, all of a sudden, NBC News came out with a report that uh, two senior Pentagon officials say we now have evidence of chemical, the use of poison. Neither of those two uh, U.S. officials were named. No evidence was explained. It was just NBC News reporting it just out of nowhere, planted by these uh, whoever these two U.S. officials were. And sure enough, hours later... We're back at war. What fun. All right, we got to get out. Thanks to everyone who called. Sorry to those who I couldn't get to. Uh, thanks to my producer, Desi Doyen, to my board op, D'Angelo Jones, today, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.